Miracles happen. I know because your rector invited a Red Sox fan to preach. We didn't even get a clap at the nine o'clock. That's great. I love your new rector. He is a brother to me. We served together in Atlanta at Holy Innocence and since that time our friendship, our brotherhood and love has continued to grow through the seasons and changes of life. He is a man of great integrity, as I say, like family to me, and I'm deeply honored to be here at his invitation and thus, likewise, to call you my family, to know that we share in the ties that bind our common humanity together in none other than the Christ that we attempt to follow every day. Today is your consecration Sunday. It's a day that you commit your resources to this great parish. And you know, it'd be easy, be very easy to reduce this day to nothing but transaction. Because after all, what we do with our money is almost always transactional. Something for something, a quid pro quo. Too often, parish churches even talk or discuss their stewardship in this very manner. Too many parishes focus on expenses and revenue. I've even been in vestry meetings where a P&L was presented as if the parish were supposed to have a profit or more likely a loss. So it's no wonder that in many cases, our parishes sound like institutions publicly traded company. Now, it'd be easy to do life that way here. After all, we could take attendance this morning at all the services and this evening, add up the number of communicants, not worry about whether you're in good standing or not, take the budget number and divide. And this week, St. James would send you a bill. Life would be easy, right? Steady source of income, we'd know exactly what was coming in. We could control our expenses. If we needed a new roof, we'd just send you a capital improvement bill. We'd be done with it. But you know, that doesn't explain how this works. Transactional religion avoids the hard questions, the hard questions of the heart and the soul. It would be easy, but it would not be the purpose. Because in the end, as radical as it may sound, stewardship does not support a budget. Stewardship is a synonym for mission. Because in the life of the church, the light bill, the insurance, human resources, every other line item is not budgetary, not about making widgets that we will sell, but rather every line item is about the mission of making and supporting followers of Jesus who seek justice, rolling down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. 
It is our outward invisible sign of an inward and spiritual grace that we know here in the community of the faithful. Stewardship is our yes, in other words, to being children of God and knowing not our net worth, but our soul worth with one another. Stewardship is knowing that we are beloved, that God has already done everything God needs to do for you and for me, and that we together in this place come to share in that incredible gift and to draw people in who have yet to walk through the doors of St. James and know their own belovedness here in this family. Too often we tune into the world and think that that's what we're supposed to look like. Power, privilege, success, but here we're supposed to leave that aside, not say who is in and who is out, who is blessed and who is cursed. No, here in this place, we're to do everything possible to remind every human being of their belovedness in their created selves, the person they were called to be. And in sharing that good news to change the world. Now, we Episcopalians do not believe that we're guilty of the transactional kind of stewardship. And we certainly don't think we're guilty of sounding like those in the gospel that are called wise who say, no, we're not letting you into the party because you didn't bring enough. We think, you know, we're better than that with our grace-filled abundant love and our flags and banners that welcome everyone. But you know, sometimes we hide in our Anglo-centric Gothic buildings and act as if the mission of the church were self-fulfilling. That all we have to do is come here and people just be drawn in because of the sheer beauty of the place. The hard missional work of the gospel the work of justice and righteousness flowing requires our skin in the game, requires us to get our nails dirty, and it requires us to demand justice, not merely where we're comfortable, but in every corner of the world. When we get serious, in other words, about our stewardship, about our mission, we will stop worrying about money. We will accept our belovedness and we will get on with the work of telling everyone they are beloved. Richard Rohr put it this way. To understand the gospel and its radical transformative power, we have to stop counting, measuring and weighing we have to stop saying, I deserve, and deciding who does not deserve. This daily conversion is hard to do unless we've experienced infinite mercy and realize it's a gift all the time. There's something you may have missed in the gospel this morning. The wedding, the big wedding and the event has already taken place. The big to-do has been done. They're just waiting to celebrate. 
The point for you and me this morning is that Easter has occurred. We're just gathered here celebrating that very fact. And we come here to refuel ourselves so that our lights can shine out in the world each and every day. You see, I know that when you come here, you do need refueling. Very few of us are very good at this gospel thing. Sometimes you may even wander into St. James and not even know why you're here. You just show up because you had that sense that you needed something. You may come broken, hurt, distraught, indifferent, tired. You may come just because you don't want to face the fact that tomorrow's Monday again. You may come because your love needs to be rekindled or you're overwhelmed or the news is too much or whatever it is. You just come and you sit down here because you need some more fuel in the lamp. But slowly and surely coming here and letting God fill you, you're nourished and the love within you, the belovedness within you, knowing that you're a child of God, turns from tentativeness toward God in grace and mercy and eases. And we begin with one another to breathe deeply again. We might even sing or dance. Because the thing is, the thing with this grace, this infinite mercy, this belovedness, is that it will not let you settle Grace, love, mercy, righteousness cannot be possessed. They cannot be transactional because they flow. They slip through the hand. They're not coins and bills to be traded. No. They are the gifts of God for the people of God that remind you that whoever you are and wherever you've come from, no matter what you've done, no matter how ashamed you are because the world told you we weren't good enough. No, in this place you're told that you are splendid. As someone said to me in a very dark time, Michael, your artwork is on God's refrigerator. That works. And so, dear people of God in this place, do, do not succumb to the worldly temptation to worry about the budget. Worry about your mission. Worry about telling everyone how beloved they are. And then you will get it right in your stewardship. It is a joy to be here. It is a joy to see you and to know that we are family indeed. I look forward to hearing what my relatives are doing with their stewardship. Amen. <laughs>